0: Stick around to the end of the show in about 20 minutes and I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing marketing podcasts. Let's go.
1: So today we have Brian Ludwig of Brian Ludwig CPA joining us. Hi, Brian. How are you?
2: Oh, pretty well. And yourself?
1: I am doing great. It's so nice to have you here on the Leverage to Scale podcast. Thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, I'm glad to be here.
1: Yeah. So, tell me a little bit about what you do. You do accounting. You do CPA. What kind of finances do you do?
2: Well, um, by, by trade, I'm a tax accountant, but I also do uh, quite a bit of business consulting with my clients. I, I focus a lot on small business and corporate clients, and as well as dealing with personal finances uh, for individuals as well.
1: Okay. Well, how did you get started in as a CPA and how did you progress to where you're at now?
2: That is kind of a long story. I've been doing (laughs) this for about uh, 32 or 33 years ago. And when I first started my business, I was a crop consultant with a couple of agriculture degrees. And then I started up my crop consulting business and I relied on my account, local accountant to do everything with the finances, Year later, he basically told me I owed $3,000 in taxes. I owed him a $2,000 accounting bill, and Whoa. I never made any money at the business. <laughs> uh, just the way he had me structured, it was just a complete disaster. Oh. So that's where I basically decided that I have to take responsibility for my business numbers. So that's, but I kind of took it to an extreme. <laughs> I basically started <laughs> looking at my own business and With my consulting business, I started focusing more on helping farm producers and agribusiness set up their farm books. Mm. This this was kind of back in the dark ages when most (laughs) people never had a computer yet and the internet wasn't even around at that time. (laughs) Um, So that's how I basically started getting into the farm business consulting part of it. And over the years, I've just been expanding my practice. And I became a uh, certified – I became a professional accountant about 12 years ago. I achieved my professional accounting seat.
1: Very nice. So fair to say that after your first experience with that accountant that you took a look around and said, there's got to be a better way to do this. I found it, and now I need to go help other people not make that same mistake.
2: Yeah, what I found was that particular accountant, he just kind of did things the way he thought it should be done. Hmm. and he never asked me the right questions Hmm. uh, or else he wasn't thinking about what was best for me and more what was best for him also possible Uh, because if he would have known my situation a bit more closer i probably would never have formed a corporation to begin with in my first couple years Hmm. And, and that's what got me into trouble was my corporation had a loss i was going to university at that time and i was using my scholarship to pay for all my business losses and I couldn't write one off against the other. So I owed taxes personally and had this loss in the corporation that I couldn't do anything with. So that wasn't good news to a a broke university student at the time.
1: (laughs) Well, I can hear you on that. So as you've moved forward, and now this is your profession, and you've expanded your practice, what are some of the things that you advise people new to business, or maybe somebody who's been in this for a while but they haven't really taken a look at their finances very closely what are some of the questions you ask them as they start looking at that
2: well a key question is how do they want to structure themselves Hmm. like they could be either be a sole proprietor or partnership if there's multiple individuals involved or do they want to incorporate themselves and there's different ways of doing that Uh, that's where they need to look at from a tax point of view But there's also a lot of other legal considerations as well, Uh, liability issues, especially, depending on the type of industry they're in. If they're more susceptible to lawsuits or things like that, that's where a corporation may be essential. Hmm. But besides that, uh, just having a good bookkeeping system. Hmm. Uh, This is where the owner, he, he doesn't have to be a number expert. Um, A lot of small business owners, they hate numbers. They just prefer doing what they enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. But that's where you got to make sure you have someone who's doing your books and that their book system, bookkeeping system is organized properly. Like, for example, if you're a restaurant, you want to be able to try to identify your gross profit, which is Mm -hmm. basically your sales minus the direct cost of selling that food. That way, you know exactly for every $100 of sales you have, you're going to have X number of dollars left over to pay for mm-hmm. the rest of your costs, including your salary. Right, And that's where a lot of business owners don't, they don't look at their books that way. They don't break it down. Okay, what's my direct cost of production versus my overhead costs? Uh, and and then also cash flow is key. Mo- I would say almost the majority of small business owners their way of indicating successes are do they have cash in the bank account at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. um, but the problem with that, though, is that cash in the bank account can be very deceiving. Um, that you, you may have a positive cash flow, but that may have no indication at all if you're profitable or not. It just might be you borrowed $10,000 off your credit card and that went into your bank account and that's why it's positive you actually lost $9,000. So that's where a cash flow statement that basically looks at it takes your business and breaks down to three components. It looks at the actual operating portion of your business. Are you actually making money? It looks like it looks at how much cash flow is being generated, because of financing, uh, you're borrowing money or paying loans back, or uh, it also looks at uh, capital investment, like uh, the, uh, how much of the money you're investing in capital assets. So by looking at those three areas, that's where it gives you a really good idea of how, what your business is doing financially from a cash mm. point of view. And then finally, another set of numbers I work with is marketing related. This is where the goal of any business is to generate sales. Mm. and it's not a very common mistake I see a lot of startup businesses is they figure they just need to put a radio ad out there or send out flyers and, and everyone's going to come rushing in. Mm-hmm. And then I ask them, well, how much is it costing you to bring in a new client with that approach? And they have no idea. Like, for example, um, I used to be affiliated with a, a common tax franchise. And of course their approach was send out flyers to every household in the entire area. Right. And of course, being new to them and not wanting to get them upset, I did that. It cost me almost $10,000 in advertising. Ooh. And this is where on top of it, the product is basically a 50 to $65 tax return. And I, I actually broke it down to see how many new customers did I get from this and what i divide that into my marketing bill and I realized it's cost me a hundred dollars to get a new client this this way and that's when i started realizing okay um even just with my gross revenue it's going to take me a year and a half to break even and that's not <laughs> including my operating costs so a lot of mis- uh, businesses t- tend to make that kind of mistake, especially if they, if they get talked into doing a lot of traditional advertising. Mm. So that's where they need to take a look at how many leads they have coming into their business, what's the cost of bringing that lead in through whichever means of marketing they decide to use. They need to take a look at conversion numbers, like mm. when they have a lead coming in, how many, what percentage of them are converted, what is the average revenue mm. of a sale. Uh, like, for example, for traditional advertising, I don't do any now. Um, like, for especially for a personal tax return, it's not worth my while. But uh, for, more like, to do mortgage brokering or a corporate tax return where the gross revenue is quite a bit higher, like 10 to 20 times fold higher, yes, that's where I can make advertising justify itself. So these are a lot of numbers that a business owner has to take a look at. And every time they do a marketing campaign, they should be asking themselves, what is the cost of this campaign? And what is my return on investment? Mm. Uh, Because you can get all the customers you want. But if you're spending $2 for every dollar revenue you have coming in, um, it's going to be a quick way to going out of business quickly. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no kidding. That's Yeah, that's the fastest way to uh, ruin your business, isn't it? You just overspend, don't pick up the customers you need, and out you go. And as somebody who, you know, the finances and the accounting portion of my business are not my passion, I'm always grateful when there are people in my circle for my CPA and for people who do love this stuff and are able to break it down in a way that's easy to understand for those of us who don't spend every day in the books now that you've been doing this for so many years and you have like a large client base at this point, do you have a certain kind of business or uh, type of client that you work with the most often or that you see you have the most impact on their business?
2: Well, where, where I see having the most impact is working with uh, like family-based businesses. They're mm. small, the medium in size, A lot of times they're just starting out or they they have some kind of financial struggles. Mm. And that's where um, I tend to get the most benefit from working with those type of families where they're not in over their head yet, but they they have possible solutions. Mm. Uh, The worst thing a business owner can do is if you're having issues is to avoid them and hope they go away (laughs) because eventually you get to a point where it's a point of no return. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter what you do. If a bank is foreclosing on you in 10 days, there's nothing you can do to your marketing or your accounting or or anything else that you can do uh, outside of getting a miracle loan from a family member to pay off that bank loan. That's a right. foreclosure. <laughs> so the, the more time you give yourself to it, identify solutions and, and fix the problem, the better off you'll be. That's where, if you have a good bookkeeping system, uh, this is where you can monitor your results on a monthly basis and look for potential issues and and address them right away, rather than waiting until uh, six months after your year end and having someone like myself tell you, yeah, here's your tax return, you lost money. Uh, (laughs) It's kind of like a... Uh, spilt milk, you, the damage is already done, and sometimes they can correct it, but a lot of times they're already six months into the next year and and uh, it's still continuing on
1: in addition to overspending to acquire customers, is there another like one or two top things that you see regularly with those types of businesses that if you could right now be like this, please be aware of this as you're getting started. What would those be?
2: Well, that's where you definitely want to take a look at tax planning. Hmm. Being a tax accountant, of course, I would say that. But that's where one of the key things is you need to make sure you document everything you do. Hmm. Um, No matter which country you're in, the local tax authority is going to be wanting receipts for everything. (laughs) And usually, uh, I usually advise my business clients to keep every piece of scrap paper you can imagine, whether it's business or personal related, because you never know when it can come in handy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, if you can get, get a good idea of what you can keep as uh, use as a deduction. All too often, I ask people, um, do you have a car? And they'll say, yes, of course they do. So do you use <laughs> it for business? Uh, and they'll say, yes, but I also use it personally. And that's where I tell them, well, you can write off a portion of that car. I just need to know your information about the car. (laughs) And, of course, they look at me and say, I threw away all my gas receipts and my car repair receipts. (laughs) They have nothing to show for it. So usually they start keeping track of it for the following year, but they lost out on a year's worth of deductions in the meanwhile. Yeah. So, yeah, no, you definitely, it doesn't hurt to have a good, a discussion with your accountant Mm -hmm. just to go over what kind of expenses you should be keeping track of what kind of documents you need to keep keep
1: absolutely i use expensify on my phone even though it's an expense reporting app, I keep it. And then anytime that I have something, I just take a picture of the receipt so that I can send a PDF of all of them to my accountant so that he can work through. Uh, You know, you pay that premium for them sorting some of that stuff. But, uh, you know, it helps me (laughs) not lose pieces of paper.
2: And what you're going to find is with a lot of the accounting systems that's out there now, they're making uh, remote accounting or remote bookkeeping a lot more easier to do compared to 10 years ago. So it, it is getting simpler to keep track of uh, the information that you need. In fact, some of these companies, they, they go out advertising that you don't even need a bookkeeper, you can de- easily do it yourself.
1: <laughs>
2: that, that's not good news for someone like me, but but uh, that is something, like I said, a business owner should have a good con- management over their numbers.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because all too, yeah, all too often, Most business owners I work with, especially new ones, they just focus on using their statements just for tax purposes. Mm. And this is where, that's not where the value of your books is. The value of the books is using it for your management decisions Mm. uh, and how you run the business and monitor it. And that's where I would say a, a lot of business owners don't use it for that purpose. And that's something that they can make a few changes in how they do things and they can start getting a wealth of information that will help help them with their business.
1: Mm, absolutely. So what do you have coming up? What are you excited about in your business? What are you looking at for this next year?
2: Well, this next year, I'm making a major transition uh, mm. to taking my business online. Um, I, In the next month or two, I'm planning to have several online courses coming out um, I'm working, uh, looking at possibly a podcasting or more social media content. Uh, and this is, uh, I've been doing this business now for over 30 years, more in a in a standard public accounting uh, practice with an office. And I'm trying to extend my reach out to more clients mm. and being able to help more people uh, by going through an online format as well okay so i got a lot of changes coming up in the next couple months
1: i like it what kind of courses are you thinking
2: well probably a key course is going to be just talking about what we just discussed uh working with numbers uh what kind of are the key numbers that a business owner should be focusing on and how they can do that themselves so that's going to be my one of my key courses and then I'm going to have a series of short courses focusing on personal financial, very specific personal financial topics and business topics.
1: Okay. And do you still take on clients one on one to manage their finances as well?
2: Oh yes, yes, I, I still do that as well.
1: Okay, awesome. Well, listen, if one of the listeners would like to connect with you, where can we find you?
2: Well, at the uh, pro- probably the easiest is if they send me an email. Uh, my email address is simple. It's just Brian, B R I A N at brianludwig.ca, and that's C A at the end, not for Canada. <laughs> Perfect. But I I do work with U.S. taxes as well. So, but okay. So it's uh, Brian Ludwig, B R I A N L U D W I G. Excellent. And uh, actually, if uh, if you uh, send me an email. I will send you a a free gift. It's actually a a worksheet that I I use with some of my clients. It's uh, helping them find their ideal client. It's kind of part of the first step in marketing, uh, trying to get your marketing costs down. And along with it, there's a five-day challenge that goes with it.
1: Oh, I like that. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, and thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it.
2: No, I enjoyed this very much.
0: much for listening to the Leverage to Scale show. If you are a purpose-driven business owner or professional who would like to have a global impact by being interviewed on our show, please visit leveragetoscale.com.